Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Fire Talk Radio, teaching the unfiltered Word of God with the anointing of His Spirit, with subjects on eternity and the choices we make that determine our eternal destiny. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Fire Talk Radio. I'm so glad you joined me tonight. Uh, It's great to have you with me as, as I continue my series, 12 Pillars of Faith. And tonight I'm going to be teaching on the subject of my father, and tonight, I'm going to be doing two two parts. I'm going to be doing two episodes in one because I'm running a little bit behind on this one topic, so I want to get it, get it done and on to the next subject, which will be my comforter. I'm really looking forward to that one. I look forward to all of them. So tonight's episodes, their titles, uh, the first title for part one is My Father's Word and Ways. And then the second title is We Have a Covenant Father. So um, let's start in a moment of prayer. Father God, I thank you for this time together. I thank you that you open and and the hearts of the people listening touch their hearts, Lord, and make my tongue that of, of the pen of a ready writer and and piercing, pierce their hearts, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, right now that, that your word be done, and your healing anointing flows onto the airways, and your peace, your joy, your love, and everything about you. In the name of Jesus, amen. And also, Father, I just thank you right now for the floods that are going on in, in Houston and Texas areas, that you just, that you, that you, oh Lord, that have lost loved ones, those that are missing, that you send forth your angels to 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 find them, to to bring them to safety, and I thank you for that um, for taking the rain away, that the rain stop. They've had so much rain right now, Father, and the flooding. I just thank you, and I just I I pray for peace beyond understanding for them, safety, and that you help them, Lord, during this time, and I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. And I will be back with you after this song. Yeah. 
give you peace that passes understanding. So just trust in Him and His peace will come in. When I'm on my way and I don't know which way to go. My mind just spins and everything's becoming great. I just turn to Him in the glory realm. I cast my cares into His hands. He takes them all and gives me His rest. Your problems, they will grow dim. He'll give you peace that passes understanding. So just trust in Him and His peace will come in. So if it seems that all you have is falling away and everywhere you go the sky seems gray you just turn to him those are temporal things stand on his word and his praises sing and by his love and grace he'll give you rest he'll give you peace that passes understanding when you rest in him your problems they will grow dim he'll give you
want to let you know that uh, I just read in Mark 16, in verse 18, it talks about, they shall take up serpents. Now, it's not talking about tempting fate, tempting opening opening up the door to the enemy to um take a take a hit at you by there there are some some churches who uh, they take that literally and they literally take poison poisonous serpents in their hands and they you know they're acting like oh they have this big face by holding the serpent and a poisonous serpent and they're they're holding it and letting it crawl on them and close to them and because it says in the bible they shall take up serpents and if they eat, if they drink any deadly thing it shall not hurt them but god also told us to use wisdom so he's not saying if you if you see a rat, rattlesnake on the ground Oh well, you know it says in Mark sixteen eighteen, I can go pick it up because it's not going to hurt me. Well, you need to use wisdom. If you see a rattlesnake or any kind of other poisonous snake, leave it alone. Or, I mean, shoot it with a gun if you have to. I mean, if it's a rattlesnake that's about ready to pounce on you, do what you feel led by the Holy Ghost to do. But there was a man who had a church and he would always have a poisonous snake and he was trying to prove his faith and there are churches like that who have these uh, ceremonies, if rituals if you want to call it. Well, he ended up dying that way because one of those snakes eventually bit him. It was poisonous and he died. And then what does that make, I mean, what does that make to to somebody who doesn't really know about the Bible and about faith, uh, somebody who's either newly saved or they just don't know these things, what does that make make the Bible look like to them? Oh, well, maybe I, I'm not protected against snakes. Well, it's just, it, you have to use wisdom. I just want to put that disclaimer. I felt when I was reading it, I felt prompted by the Holy Ghost to just tell you that. This, this doesn't mean you can, and also it doesn't, you know, if you drink any deadly thing, it doesn't mean you can just drink poison and, you know, take a, a drink of arsenic and something else because, you know, because the Bible says you're protected and no deadly thing shall hurt you. You have to use wisdom. Just have to use wisdom. Please, please, I implore they use wisdom. When, don't take the, don't, don't take the, the thing said in the Word of God out of context because if you do, it can get you in trouble like that man with the snake who ended up dying by it. Oh, I love you, and I don't want you to get hurt. I'm moving right along here. <laughs> uh, people attend the same church with the same Bible. I mean, it's a it's a holy Bible. They attend the same church, but one understands what's being said, and one doesn't. Why is that? Do you suppose? Well, it's because you cannot receive God with a natural mind. You have to receive him with your heart. So one of those people are receiving God with their heart, and one is trying to understand everything and getting in their head too much and and uh, sort of just their spirit with their heart. 
my pastor says a lot, hearts are heads are for thinking, hearts are for drinking, drinking the new wine of heaven. John four twenty three to through twenty four says, But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God needs to be the final authority in our lives. God's word is to be final authority in our lives. Isaiah 40, verse 8, The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of God shall stand forever. The fire burns the the chaff, religion, and tradition. Basically, the fire of God burns that. In Jeremiah 23, 29, it says, It's not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock into pieces. Press into God by studying his word and following his promptings the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Be willing and obedient. Isaiah, Isaiah one nineteen says, If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. I'm going to read you some quotes by of Smith Wigglesworth while he was preaching the message, Power of the Word of God. Believers are strong only as the word of God abides in them. The word of God is spirit and life to those who receive it in simple faith, and it is a verifier of all who own its way. Know your book, live it, believe it, and obey it. Hide God's word in your heart. It will save your soul quicken your body, illuminate your mind. The Word of God is full and final, infallible, reliable, and up-to-date. And our attitude towards it must be one of unquestionable or of unquestioned obedience. If a thing is in the Bible, it is so. It is not even to be prayed about. It is to be received and acted upon. Inactivity of faith is a robber which steals blessing. Increase comes by action, by using what we have and what we know. Your life must be one of going from faith to faith. Great faith is the product of great fight. Great testimonies are the outcome of great tests. Great triumphs can only come out of great trials. That's some good good uh, gold nuggets. There are some good nuggets by Smith Wigglesworth. Power of the Word of God. That was his message that he was preaching. In Psalm 18... Verse 30 through 32, as for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He 
is a buckler to all those that trust in him. For who is God, save the Lord? Or who is a rock, save our God? It is God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. Natural person's ways and God's ways are a world apart. God wants to lift us into heavenly places. I mean, if you think about it, a natural person, they live by the by the five senses and uh, by the carnal nature and God's ways. His ways are not like ours. In Mark 7.13, it says, Making the word of God of none effect through your tra- tradition which ye have delivered, and many such like things do ye. Hosea four six. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. Let us let us pray here for a quick moment. Let me just pray for us, for you and me. Father God, show us your ways, not through the eyes of religion and tradition. Show us your plan and purpose for our lives. I will do your purpose. I will do your plan, and I'm expecting to hear the words, well done, thy good and faithful servant. And I, I, I'm expecting you to touch the hearts of those listening and Holy Ghost, follow them up and disciple them and raise them up and put people in their path who will mentor them and disciple them. In Jesus' name, amen. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven through 13. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Some powerful, powerful words there. Uh, that right there is the end of part one. So we're going to go to a, another song here. Uh, the song that you heard earlier was Peace That Passes Understanding. And the one we're about to hear now is Spirit of God by Keith E. Holiday. Peace That Passes Understanding was also by Keith E. Holiday. All of these songs that I play are used by permission of the artists, I will be back with you.
not according to the covenant which I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant which they broke, although I was their husband, says the Lord, but this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my law within them, and on their hearts will I write it, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Wow. Put my law within them, and on their hearts will I write it. That's beautiful. We have a covenant father. He has made promises that he will never, ever break. When when time uh, when the time is right, the timing of God, I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be doing um, blood covenant. It's a wonderful series, teaching series, and I'm going to be doing that. And um, also going to be doing. That one, but it, it tells you all about blood covenant and what it means. It takes a, it's going to be a whole series, but it, it's powerful. But uh, you know, there was uh, there was Adam, um, and he he broke he broke covenant with God, and he he by by eating what he shouldn't eat when Satan tempted Eve, and then Adam ate the apple or whatever the fruit was and uh then they the uh, death came about uh, it wasn't right away it, it, it was spiritual death and physical death came later but when Adam and Eve sinned then spiritual death took place and they were no longer um walking in the cool of the day with God it's really sad. Unfortunately, the world is paying the consequences. But God, in His infinite wisdom, He's um, omniscient. He knows everything, and He knew that that would happen. And He's the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He made a, He made a way out for us. Praise God. Now Abraham, God had a covenant with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And you can read about that in Genesis 17, 1 through 21. And then also, I'm going to read Genesis 15, 18. And the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land, for the river of Egypt, unto the great river, the river Euphrates. So, um... You know, in in Genesis 17, 1 through 21, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it talks about God's covenant that He made with Abraham on that on that day, and uh, it is awesome. I'd encourage you to go and read Genesis 17, 1 through 21. Now, Moses, God also made a covenant with Moses. You can read about that or read these. uh, You can write these scriptures down and and refer to them later. Exodus 2, uh, verses 24 to 25. 
That's Exodus 2, verses 24 through 25. And God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God had respect unto them. Exodus 6, verses 4 through 5. And I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, wherein they were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. Exodus 19.5 Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people for all the earth is mine. Exodus 24, verse 7 through 8, And he took the book of the covenant and read, to, read in the audience of the people, and they said, All that the Lord has, hath said will we do and be obedient. And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, Behold, the blood of the covenant which the Lord hath made with you concerning all these words. Exodus 34, verses 27 through 28. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write thou these words, for after the tenor of these words I have made a covenant with thee and with Israel. And he was there with the Lord forty days and forty nights. He did neither eat bread nor drink water, and he wrote upon the tables the word of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. Just for your reference, these scriptures are Exodus 2, verses 24 through 25, Exodus 6, verse 4 through 5, Exodus 19, verse 5, Exodus 24, verses 7 through 8, Exodus 34, verses 27 through 28. You can go back and check those out. God also made a covenant with David through Jesus to us. In Psalm 98, verse 3, it says, He has remembered his mercy and his truth toward the house of Israel all the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God Isaiah 55 verse 3 incline your ear and come unto me here and your soul shall live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you even the sure mercies David Praise God. The Father loves man so very much. He has chosen to be in a relationship with us and to interact with us. He makes covenant provision for us and gives us the choice to accept it. He gives us choices and even tells us which is the right and good choice that will bring the blessing. If you ever, if you ever had a multiple choice, 
uh, question on a test, well, God gives us a multiple choice there, but he also gives us the answer. Uh, Noah and the ark in Genesis 6.18, it says, See, I had that here. I did have. I don't know what happened here. Oh, might happen if I push enter. <laughs> but with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife, and thou sons' wives, with thee. And then there's Genesis six, uh, Genesis nine, nine through seventeen. And I, behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your seed after you and with every living creature that is with you, of the fowl, of the cattle, and of every beast of the earth with you, from all that go out of the ark to every beast of the earth. And I will establish my covenant with you. Neither shall all flesh be cut off any more by the waters of a flood, Neither shall there any more be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, This is a token of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I do set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. He's talking about a rainbow right there. I just set my bow in the cloud. It's a rainbow. And it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth that the bow, or rainbow, shall be seen in the cloud, and I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of the old flesh. And the water shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. And the bow, or rainbow, shall be in the cloud, and I will look upon it, that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, This is the token of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh, that is upon the earth. God. That's so awesome. So awesome. And Solomon. Solomon and his. His wisdom. His. Uh, let's check that out. And in 1 Kings. Let's see right here. 1 Kings chapter 3 verses 5 through 14 In Gibeon the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night and God said ask what I shall give thee and Solomon said thou hast showed unto thy servant David my father great mercy according as he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee, and thou hast kept for him kindness, that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne, as it is this day. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father, and I am but a little child. 
I know not how to go out or come in, and thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast hast chosen, a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give, therefore, thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this thy so great a people? And this and the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. And God said unto him, Because thou hast asked this thing, and hast not asked for thyself long life, neither hast asked riches for thyself, nor hast asked the life of thine enemies, but hast asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. Behold, I have done according to thy words, lo, I have given thee a wise and an understanding heart, so that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. And I have also given thee that which thou hast not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be any among the kings like unto thee all thy days. And if thou wilt walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as thy father David did walk, then I will lengthen thy days. That's a beautiful... My goodness. Beautiful. Solomon, he, he didn't ask for himself. He didn't ask for the life of his enemies to be taken out. He asked for his own, for for wisdom to 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 govern and rule the people that God had entrusted to him. And since he asked for that wisdom, God was pleased with that, and He gave him not only wisdom, the wisdom of God, but He also gave him everything else that he didn't ask for. And then some. We need to, uh, in Isaiah one eighteen through 20, and Amplified, it says, Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Wow, that's pretty plain right there. It's either be willing and obedient or rebel and die by the sword. Some people are willing, but they're not obedient. And Jesus came to bridge the gap between God and man to show us the Father. Colossians 1.20 amplified, And God purposed that through, by the service intervention of him, the Son, all things should be completely reconciled back to himself whether on earth or in heaven, as through him the Father made peace by means of the blood of the cross. 
He sent the Holy Spirit to make us one with him. 1 John 4.13 in the Amplified says, By this we come to know, perceive, recognize, and understand that we abide, live, and remain in him, and he in us, because he has given and parted to us of his Holy Spirit. So, basically, we, the Holy Spirit makes us one with him. And looking at this, perceive, recognize, understand that we abide, live, and remain in him, and he in us. So Jesus is, we, he abides, yes, he is at the right hand of, of the Father, God's on his throne, Jesus sitting on the right hand of the Father, but Jesus lives through us to the person of the Holy Spirit. We need to work out our own contract, if you will, our own our own contract with God, our own um for lack of a well, it's a good word actually, our own contract, our own what what we want, like when he came and appeared to Solomon. King Solomon asked him, what, what do you want? And King Solomon said, wisdom. Well, God gave him wisdom and everything else. Well, what is it that you want from God? What is it that you need? You need to work that out with him. Nobody else can work that out but you and him. And he's waiting to hear from you, and he's waiting to hear from me. Now, four things that you need to know about your father, your heavenly father. Actually, things you need to know and about your heavenly father. This covenant is sealed in the blood of Jesus. Hebrews 9:12 through 14 and amplified says he went once for all into the holy of holies of heaven, not by virtue of the blood of goats and calves, by which to make reconciliation between God and man, but his own blood, having found and secured a complete redemption and everlasting release for us. For if the mere sprinkling of unholy and defiled persons with the blood of goats and bulls, and with the ashes of a burnt heifer, is sufficient for the purification of the body, how much more surely shall the blood of Christ, who by virtue of his eternal spirit, his own pre-existent divine personality, has offered himself as an unblemished sacrifice to God, purify our consciences from dead works and lifeless observances to serve the ever-living God? That's Hebrews 9, 12-14. This covenant cannot fail. Psalms 103, 17-18 Amplified but the mercy and loving kindness of the Lord are from everlasting to everlasting upon those who reverently and worshipfully fear him 
and his righteousness is to the children's children, to such as keep his covenant, hearing, receiving, loving, and obeying it, and to those who earnestly remember his commandments, to do them, imprinting them on their hearts. I like the way the Amplified says, imprinting them on their hearts. You know, this covenant has over 30,000 promises. 30,000 promises. This covenant favors you, the recipient, to receive his grace and favor because of Calvary, the cross, the resurrection, and Pentecost. Now, with those 30,000 promises, there's a condition to meet. Some closing closing thoughts and scriptures here. For I will be leaning toward you with favor and regard for you, rendering you fruitful, multiplying you, and establishing and ratifying my covenant with you. That's Leviticus 26, verse 9. Now may the God of peace, who is the author and giver of peace, who brought again from among the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood that sealed, ratified the everlasting agreement, covenant, testament, strengthened, complete, perfect, and make you what you ought to be and equip you with everything good that you may carry out his will while he himself works in you and accomplishes that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, the Messiah, to whom be the glory forever and ever To the ages of the ages, amen. So that's Hebrews uh, chapter 13, verses 20 through 21. And that's the Amplified Version. And let me see here. I was going to go to a song, and I will be back in a moment or two. And that was the end of part two, A Covenant Father. I'll be back with you shortly.
What? 
God, praise God. I decided to do part three. <laughs> part three is the covenant names of God. Foundation scriptures are Psalm seventy two seventeen and Psalms His name shall endure forever. His name shall continue as long as the sun. That's Psalms 72.17. And Psalms 148.13, the Amplified, Let them praise and exalt the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted and supreme. His glory and majesty are above earth and heaven. A name is a thing by which a person or thing is known. God is called by many different names in the Bible, each of which reveals aspects of his nature and character. And we're going to go into some of those names which reveal his his aspects of his nature and his character. One of those is Elohim. Elohim is the first word used in scripture, used to designate God. In the beginning, Elohim created the heaven and the earth, as in Genesis 1.1. El, meaning God, God, mighty one, strength. Deuteronomy 32, verse 4. El is used usually used in, in compound with other terms as El Elyon, El Shaddai, etc. El Elyon means the most high. You can check those out in Deuteronomy 32.8 and Genesis 14.18-20. through 20. Oh, I can't pronounce this one. It's El Ola. Okay, I'm just going to spell it El and there's O-L-A-M, the everlasting God. Not only is he everlasting in duration, but he is everlasting faithful. He is so faithful. He's awesome. He's great. He's wonderful. He is very faithful. As you can check that scripture out, Isaiah 26, verse 4. El Shaddai, the Almighty God. You can you can also read that about that in Genesis seventeen one. And some scholars say the word Shaddai is derived from the word Shad, meaning breast, giving rise to the names the Satisfier and All Sufficient One. Some say Shad means mountain. Either way, he is still the God who is more than enough. And number two is Adonai. Lord, Lord, Master, Owner, Ruler. Used in reference to men and God, it can refer to a person who is a master, owner, or ruler, or it can refer to the Lord God because he is a master and owner of everything. When we call Jesus Lord, we are recognizing him as our master If we call Jesus Lord and do not obey him, then our language and conduct are contradicting each other. Jehovah, this is number three, Jehovah, the personal name of God and his relationship as Redeemer. And you can read about that in Exodus 3, 
verses 13 through 15, Exodus 6, verse 2 through through 3. Jehovah is the name of the Lord God occurring most frequently in the Old Testament 5,321 times. Jehovah is the covenant name of God expressing personal relationship and when his name is compounded with other terms together they identify and make specific those relationships the compound names of Jehovah Jehovah Elohim supreme god Genesis 2 verse 4 these are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God, Jehovah Elohim, made the earth and the heavens. This name identifies Jehovah with the creation of all things. The triune God is also the redeemer of his people. What triune God means, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, so Uh, God the Father, God the Son, which is Jesus, and then God the Holy Ghost. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Genesis 22, 14 in the Amplified. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. Jehovah Jireh. And it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, it will be provided. God provided a substitute for Isaac, and he provided... For us, once and for all, a substitute, the Lamb of God. Romans 8.32 in the Amplified says, He who did not withhold or spare even his own Son, but gave him up for us all, will, will he not also with him freely and graciously give us all other things, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, my healer, Exodus 15, verse 26, and the NASU version, and he said, if you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God, and do what is right in his sight, and give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes. I will put none of the diseases on you which I have put on the Egyptians, for I, the Lord, am your healer. I just want to uh, clarify something here that um, it's talking about. Okay, actually, I'm not, I'm going to leave it. (laughs) Okay, let's see. He's speaking he's speaking here about physical diseases and physical diseases. Um, okay, I just said that wrong. He's speaking here about physical diseases. And this promise is conditional upon obedience, yours and mine. So if we're disobedient and we step out of the will of God then 
that disobedience will, will open the door to the enemy and he will get a foothold in there and can put disease upon us. So if we don't, or if we're walking in unforgiveness, things like that, um, when he's referring to the physical diseases and conditional, uh, the promise is conditional. Remember when I said all those promises are conditional upon obedience and there's like some kind of condition there? Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. Exodus seventeen fifteen in the Amplified. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it, The Lord is my banner. Moses built this altar to commemorate the victory God gave Israel over Amalek. Aaron and Hur had held up Moses' hands until sunset, and while they did so, Israel prevailed. Song of Solomon 2, verse 4 in the King James Version. He brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is my peace. Judges 6, verse 24, King James. Then Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord and called it Jehovah Shalom. Shalom, peace means more than freedom from conflict. It means prosperity, health, well-being, and faith in the face of conflict. John fourteen twenty-seven, King James, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jehovah Rah. The Lord is my shepherd. Psalm 23.1, King James. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And another version says, I shall not lack. John 10.11, Amplified, I am the God, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd risks and lays down his own life for the sheep. 1 Peter 5.4, New King James, and when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord our righteousness. Jeremiah 23, 6, Amplified says, In this day, Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name, by which he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 30, in the King James, But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. And then, let's see here, something. I'm trying to find, let's see if I, Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts. Psalm 24, verse 10, and the Amplified, who is he then, this King of glory, the Lord of hosts? He is the King of glory. Elisha's servant's eyes are opened to see the hosts of God. 
the hosts of God, horses and chariots of fire surrounding the city. You can read about that in 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 13 through 17. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. You can read about that in Ezekiel 48, 35. And God, the great God, is ever present with his people. Hebrews 13, 5b and 6, New King James. For he himself has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? And that is the end of part three. And after a brief song break, we're going to go into the last part of this uh, of the topic of my father. And then next month in June, we're going to start on the topic of my comforter. And that's going to be a good one. They're all good, but we're going to start on that one. After a brief song break, we're going to go to the absolute attributes of God. After a short break, we will go to that, and I'm just going to see which song I want to play, which one really jumps. Oh, this one jumps out at me. I'll be right back with you.
after talking about all the wonderful names. <laughs> and how wonderful is his name? Not just Jesus, but all the ones I just got through reading to you. Definitely wonderful. We're going to go to part four of the, the, the last and final part of the topic of for my father. And it's going to be the uh, absolute attributes of God. The foundation scripture is Isaiah 40. Twenty-five through twenty-eight. I'm going to look that up because I need to look it up. So, if you want to turn with me to your Bibles uh, to Isaiah 40, verse 25 through 28. So, to whom then will ye liken me, or shall I be equal? Saith the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things, that bringeth out their hosts by number. He calleth them all by names, by the greatness of his might, for that he is strong in power, no one faileth. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over? From my God, hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. That's a foundational scripture right there. The absolute attributes of God, number one, self-existence. John 5:26 Amplified reads, For even as the Father has life in himself and is self-existent, so he has given to the Son to have life in himself and be self-existent. God is the absolute source of all life and being. Colossians 1.17 Amplified And he himself existed before all things And in him all things consist Cohere are held together He is before all things And by him all things consist He is not dependent For being or essence Upon any source outside himself Thus, he is self-existent. Number two, immutability. Malachi 3.6, King James. For I am the Lord, I change not. James 1.17, New King James. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Hebrews 13, verse 8, New King James, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 1 Kings 8, 56, New 
King James. Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people, Israel, according to all that he promised. There there has not failed one word of all his good promise, which he promised through his servants, Moses. Romans 8, 38 through 39, New King James. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You might be wondering what the word immutability means. I'm going to look it up in, on dictionary.com. And then that will help us. Immutability, not mutable, unchangeable, changeless. So, unchanging through time, unalterable, ageless. So, basically, just unchangeable. So, he is unchanging. Okay, number three is eternity. Eternity, that's uh, a, is a absolute attribute of God. 1 Timothy one seventeen, chapter 1, verse 17 in the New King James says, Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, to God who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Exodus 3.14 And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am, hath sent me unto you. It's pretty powerful right there. I am all that you need. (laughs) I am everything. Psalm 90, verse 2, New King James, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Revelation 1, verse 8, New King James Version. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty Revelation 22:13 New King James I am the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end the first and the last 1 John 5:12 New King James He who has the son has life He did he who does not have the son of God does not have life now, some things are, are 
our our natural mind cannot it cannot comprehend it can't understand and our our finite our, our finite brain can just it can't understand it and it is it just for example saying you know how can we say how can we say that God God was around for for eternity and he's he always has been how can we how can we say that how can we understand that well it it's hard to understand our our brain cannot fathom it it just it cannot do it. The only thing that is going to that is going to understand that I mean we just we can't understand it. It's just we can't do it. So we have to under we have to accept it by faith. We have to receive it by faith. That that this is so, that this is what is gonna be so. And so we just have to receive that by faith. As I said, a lot of things we're not going to understand. Just not going to be able to understand them. So trying to find... Oh, here we go. (laughs) All right, now number four is omnipresence. 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 Jeremiah, which means he is pre- he's, he's everywhere at once. Like I said, our, our mind is not going to understand it. It's going to go on tilt, but we just have to grab it with our heart, with our spirit, man, and by faith, that knowing that he's everywhere at once. You could be at church and he's ministering to everybody at once because he's with everybody at once. He's everywhere at once. Jeremiah 23, verses 23 through 4 in the New King James, I am... Now, am I a God near at hand, says the Lord, and not a God afar off? Can anyone hide himself in secret places so I shall not see him, says the Lord? Do I not fill the heaven and earth, says the Lord? I mean, you can try and hide from God. You can hide under a bed or you can go in the closet and turn out all the lights and sin in there, but you're not... You're not you're not hidden from God. He sees. In fact, if you're if you're in active sin right now and you're wanting to repent, you just don't know how. You want to ask Jesus in your heart. I want to tell you right now, God loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He has a great plan for your life. If you died this very second, you know for sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that you would go to heaven. The Holy Bible reads, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you want to make sure you're going to go to heaven, if you want to rededicate your life, if you want to receive Jesus for the first time, or you just want to be sure, then repeat this prayer after me. Just say, and mean it with your heart. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, 
come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me and cleanse me. Set me free. Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose from the dead and are coming back again for me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Give me a passion for the lost, a hunger for the things of God, and a holy boldness to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am saved. I am born again. I am forgiven. And I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Amen. Oh, and also say this. I forgive everyone who ever hurt me, including myself. And I I receive your forgiveness. Lord, fill me with your peace, your joy, and your love. Amen. I tell you right now, as a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, I tell you today that all of your sins are forgiven you. Always remember to run to God and not from God because he loves you so much as a great plan for your life. I'm excited that you prayed that prayer, and all of heaven is rejoicing right now that you prayed that prayer. Praise God. 1 Kings 8, verse 27, and all of these scriptures I'm about ready to read, and this scripture and, and the following two uh, in the King James Version. Actually, it's the following, yeah, two. Let me see here. New King James Version. There's one, two, three, four, five, five, five. The following five scriptures I'm going to read are going to be in the New King James Version. One Kings eight, verse twenty-seven. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain you. How much less this temple which I have built. Matthew twenty-eight twenty b And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. John fourteen sixteen, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it, shall, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and... Hang on, I got stuck on my page. For he dwells with you and in you. Everywhere the church goes, there the Holy Spirit is present. So the church is not a building, it's the body of Christ. We are the church. The believers are the body of Christ. 
John 16:8. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Now the fifth absolute attribute of God is is omniscience. That means he's all-knowing. Psalms 139, verses 1 through 4, in the New King James Version, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. There's also, if you want to go with me to two kings, second kings, I should say, Second Kings chapter four twenty through twenty seven. I'm gonna read this out of the New King James. I'm gonna look it up in the New King James Version. When he had taken him and brought him to his mother and sat on her knees till noon and then died talking about when uh, the boy had been out, her son was out in the the heat and uh, fell dead. Uh, Well, actually, it just says right here, sat on her knees till noon and then died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, shut the door upon him and went out. Then she called her husband and said, Please send me one of the young men and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and come back. So he said, why are you going to him today? It is neither the new moon nor the Sabbath. And she said, it is well. Then she saddled the donkey and said to her servant, drive and go forward. Do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. And she departed and went to the man of God at Mount Carmel. So it was when the man of God saw her afar off that he said to the servant, to his servant Gehazi, look, the Shunammite woman, please run now to meet her and say to her, is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your child? And she answered, it is well. Now, when she came to the man of God at the hill, she caught him by the feet, but Gehazi came near to push her away, but the man of God said, Let her alone, for her soul is in deep distress, and the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. Basically, basically, um, you may wonder why she said, It is well, it is well, it should she didn't, I mean, she didn't say to, she said to the prophet, it is well. She said to her husband, it is well. She said to Gehazi, it is well. And, but, um, it was not well that her son was dead. I mean, his own father didn't even know it. 
and but in faith she didn't want to speak anything she didn't want to speak words of death over him she wanted to she wanted to speak faith faith words and she believed that that he would that the man of god was going to was going to take care of it because he was a man of god and and he would he would take care of it so she went to him and and she saddled the donkey and and she went to him and and you can you can keep reading in uh, in the other the other verses of um and chapters of second uh, kings and it'll tell you the whole story there and the boy is brought back to life and then uh and he is he is um brought back to life. So God raised him from the dead, God raised the promise from the dead. And these examples, these things here, omniscient is all knowing, the Holy Spirit he's all knowing. In the book of Acts, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, it's talking about uh, lying to the Holy Spirit. Uh, It talks about, in verse 1, but a certain man named Ananias with Ananias and Sapphira, I can't pronounce that. I shouldn't say I can't pronounce it. Ananias and Sapphira. His wife sold the possession, and he kept back part of the proceeds. His wife also, being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. Fear came among all those who heard these things. And the young men arose and wrapped him up, carried him out, and buried him. Now it was about three hours later when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter answered her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. She said, yes, for so much. Then Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed out her last. And the young men came in and found her dead, and carrying her out, buried her by her husband. So great fear came among upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. Revelation 2, verse 1, the loveless church. To the angel of the church of Ephesus, write, These things say 
says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. Revelation 3.22 He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Ephesians 1, 7 through 10. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, then in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. Ephesians 3, verses 8 through 11 to me, who who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers and heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ our Lord, Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 8:28 And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. And the sixth the sixth um absolute attribute of God is omnipotence. That means he's all powerful. Jeremiah 32:11 New King James Ah the Lord God behold you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm there is nothing too hard for you there is no there's not a limitation of God's power we see the greatness of his power in his created works you want to turn to 2 Corinthians 4, verse, be 2 Corinthians 4, verse 18. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Isaiah 40:15 Behold the nations are as a drop in the bucket and are counted as as a small dust on the scale on the scales 
Look, he lifts up the aisles as a very little thing. If you want to turn to me, turn with me, in your Bible, you can turn to, let me see here, turn with me to, bear with me a second here. I know nobody likes dead air, but I'm just trying to get it all situated here. Turn with me to the book of Daniel, chapter 4, verse 35. All the inhabitants of the earth puted as nothing. He does according to his will to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. No one can restrain his hand or say to him, "What have you done?" Genesis 18 verse 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time. I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Ephesians 1, 15-23 Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion in every name that is named not only in this age but also in that which is to come And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And then there would be Genesis as well, the book of Genesis 18, chapter 1. I'm sorry, chapter 18, verse 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord at the appointed... Wait, I already read that one. Never mind, I read that one, and I read that one. 15 through 23. Okay, well then, never mind on that one. We will go through Ephesians. All right, did that one. And I did. Let me see if I did one of them. I'm pretty sure I did, but I wanted to double check. I've done them all. Okay, never mind. Now, number seven is sovereignty. The sovereignty of God is his attribute. God is is sovereign 
over angels, principalities, and powers, demon spirits, and Satan himself. God rules in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. Ephesians 1, 4-5 in the New King James says, Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to the to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. And then in Revelation 22:17 says, And the spirit of the bride says, Come, and let him who hears say, Come, and let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Hallelujah, the water of life. Praise God. The water of life. Now, also... Matthew twenty three thirty seven. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you are not willing. And then... See here another scripture, John chapter 5, verse 40. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. John 3 16 through 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Praise God for that, for everything, but my God, that's awesome. Praise God. 2 Peter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, in case you're wondering what sovereignty actually means, I'm going to look it up in the dictionary, and then we'll we'll be able to... um, get a better understanding of what it really actually means. So, Sovereignty, the quality of being or state of being sovereign or of having supreme power or authority, the status, dominion, power, or authority of a sovereign royal position, royalty. So basically, the status, dominion, power, or authority of a sovereign royal rank or position 
royalty. Um, supreme and independent power or authority in government as possessed or claimed by state or community. Uh, that one doesn't really fit. Um, well, it does, but just Let's see. Sovereign or independent state. So basically, supreme power, which is is what he has. Super, sovereignty means supreme power. Now, in in this last and this last um, absolute attribute of God, the number eight that I'm going to go over, are the moral attributes of God, and that would be holiness. And you can read about his holiness in Leviticus and you turn with me in your Bible to Leviticus. Let's see here. I'm trying to find a couple of these scriptures at once. Here, I see what I just did. Okay, Leviticus. 11, chapter 44 through 45. Okay. I don't know what I just did, but I'm going to try it again. It's like, oh. Okay, Leviticus. For I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore consecrate yourselves. And you shall be holy, for I am holy. Neither shall you defile yourselves with any creeping thing that creeps on the earth, for I am the Lord who brings you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. And then the next one is is Isaiah 6. Chapter 6, 1 through 5. And let's see here. Okay. I'm having some technical difficulties here. So, but it's Isaiah 6, verse 1 through 5. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, and two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people 
of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. 1 Peter verse 1, I mean chapter 1, 13 through 16. Therefore gird up your loins of your the loins of your mind, be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. Another moral attribute of God is righteousness. And you can check that out in Genesis 16, I mean Genesis 18, 25, which I'm going to look up here. That's Genesis. 18 through 25, I mean 18, verse 25, far be it from you to do such a thing as this, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous should be as the wicked, far be it from you, you shall, shall not the judge of all the earth do right, that was when, uh, Abraham was was trying to bargain for the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. Deuteronomy 32, verse 4, He is my rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways are justice. A God of truth and without injustice, righteous and upright is he. And then Romans... 3, chapter 3, verse 22b, and then 26. So, even the righteous of God, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe and then it was 26 to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus another moral attribute well actually the righteousness there was in parentheses it has justice so righteousness justice Uh, Another moral attribute of God is love, mercy, goodness, so is is love. And 1 John, chapter 4, 8 through 11, it says, "He He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world 
that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent us, sent his son to be the appropriation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. And then if you go to 1 John 4.16, so that's the same chapter, uh, the 16th verse. And it will say, let's see here. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. And then Deuteronomy 7, verses 6. Through eight, I normally have all my scriptures ready, but this was kind of impromptu that I was going to do the last part. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love on you, nor choose you, because you were in number than any other people, for you were the least of all peoples. But the but because the Lord loves you, and because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Now, the last moral attribute, I know he has many, but the last one I want to speak of is truth. His word is true. He is the only true God. He is faithful to keep all his promises. And then I'm going to going to go to Titus 1. Chapter, see, Titus 1, Titus 1, verse 2. In hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. And the and then John one fourteen, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And then John fourteen six, and these are the last two scriptures. John 14:6 Jesus said to him I am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me 
And then the last scripture is Romans 3, verse 4. As I said, I usually have these in front of me and ready, but it was Romans 3, 4. Certainly not, indeed, let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written, that you may be justified in your words and may overcome when you are judged. So, truth. Yes, let God be true, but every man a liar. My goodness, uh, that was the end of that list, and we sure have done a a lot in this one one episode. Is these are four these are four parts of of um, of the topic of my father and. Because I had only done the one, and I wanted to make sure that you had this tonight, so that so that you had all four of it, and you had you had all of it. I just want to make sure so that it was all done, and then when June starts, we can we can. Normally, I like to do one teaching on it a week, every Friday, but I've been really really busy lately. And I didn't get a chance to do that, and been trying to do that um, in the future. But at least I've gotten all of this and 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 have caught up with the lesson, the lessons I should say. So I, I've done one. I've done like four weeks worth of lessons there. I was starting out as two lessons, and I went to I went to um, went to four lessons. So. But I, I hope you've been blessed by it, and I hope that uh, you've learned a lot. I know I've learned a lot when I redo it. I, I learn when I redo these these classes, these teachings. And I, I, I think I've told you in the past, if some of you tuning in may or may not know, but Pastor, Pastor Ronnie Howard Brown, he, God gave him a year's worth of teachings, and and I call it 12 Pillars of My Faith, or twelve foundations, uh, foundations, and so I've been teaching from them. And you can get these teachings off of revival.com. Go to revival.com. And you can go scroll all the way down to the bottom of the pa- of the page, of the front page, the home page, and uh, go all the way down to the bottom, and you will find it says soul winning, soul winning tools, and and then you click on soul winning tools. And you scroll down where it says Bible teachings, and you'll find them there. So, but I just want you to know that I'm, I'm glad you're with me tonight. I'm glad you stayed. I'm glad you listened, or you came back and listened and heard the rest. And also, uh, love to have you follow me on my home page at Fire Talk Radio Two. That's the number two dot tk. Like those are the initials. T as in Tom, K as in King, or blogtalkradio.com forward slash fire talk radio two. That's the number two. 
And let's see. If you have any prayer requests, feel free to call me. I'm sorry, not call me. Email me at firetalkradio2, that's number two, at yahoo.com. That's firetalkradio2, number two, at yahoo.com. And if you have any prayer requests, feel free to call um, 1-866-857-4837. That's 1-866-85-RIVER, R-I-V-E-R. 24-7 you can call uh, for prayer. Uh, Is there anything else I need to tell you? Oh, disclaimer. (laughs) I just want to let you know that um, the disclaimer that not all the ads that are on Blog Talk Radio do I necessarily agree with um, or because they they may not um, they may not uh, I may not agree with them uh, or my Christian beliefs you know because especially the the new ads promoting the consumption of alcohol. I don't agree with that ad. Uh, it's just my Christian belief, and so I'm I'm putting a disclaimer there. I don't not all the ads do I agree with, so if any. But um they're there and this is my 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 platform um and for now, so I just had to let you know that one to let you know that. And I'm thinking, is there anything else? Um, not for now that I can think of. And if I do, I will let you know tomorrow when I should be doing the believer's authority or the authority of the believer. So I just want to let you know that God really loves you. I love you. And God has a wonderful plan for your life, an awesome plan for your life. You're accepted in the beloved, and he's enthralled with your beauty. He, you are the apple of his eye. He, he, he He's constantly thinking about you. If he looked in, when he looks in the room, you're the only one he sees. Talk to him. Talk to him and love on him. Be there with him and for him and just just speak to him like you would a friend because he's a person. He's there and he's waiting for you to initiate a conversation, build a relationship with him. Just know that he loves you. As I said, I love you. And until we meet again... May God hold you in the palm of his hand and envelop you in his love. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.